Do you like candles? We all know that I love candles and I love the candles from Remy Moon. They are an Australian based small business and they make the best and most magical candles. All of their candles are made with high vibes, pure intentions, and each one is crafted with a little bit of Reiki healing that also suits the intention of the candle itself. All their candles are non-toxic and vegan, so they don't harm us or the animals. You can use the code SUBURBANWITCH for 15% off all of their products, and it's only for listeners of the Witch Talks podcast. Simply head to remymoon.com.au to get your candles now. Welcome to Witch Talks, the series for spiritual seekers, witches, and enlightened souls. I'm Hannah the Suburban Witch, professional tarot reader, astrologer, and witch, and I hope you're ready to get up close and personal with your favorite witches. Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me yet again for another episode of the Witch Talks podcast. This episode was... (laughs) Kind of a tough one to record only because I was right in the middle of, I think, day five of a migraine and I was, I was struggling, but I don't think you can tell, um, but you will hear at the very end, our guest Sam does say, I hope I feel better. So you might be, if I didn't say this, you'd be like, what are you, what is he talking about? Are you okay? I'm okay. Uh, But as most of you know, I get chronic migraines and a lot of the time, I still worked through them because if I didn't, I wouldn't get any work done. So for people who may resonate with that in any way, shape or form, uh, or anyone that has a disability, I will actually be doing a mini-sode on low energy witchcraft. So keep an eye out for that because I'm going to be talking about how I incorporate witchcraft into my life, even though I have an invisible disability. But alas, before we jump into today's topic, which is metal magic, I am going to do this week's episode of Hannah, help me. Today's question comes in from Kelly, one of my beautiful Patreon members. And Kelly asks, dear Hannah, I have some black salt and I don't know what to use it for. I was thinking of putting it on some weeds. Well, Kelly, I am very grateful that you asked this question. And for everyone who has heard that, that may be familiar with what this will do. Don't worry. I immediately said, please don't put it on your weeds. (laughs) We don't put salt on the garden only because it can ruin the soil. All right. So keep salt away from your garden, please. If you do have weeds that are bothering you, you can do what I do, which is pop a little bit of white vinegar in some water. You can add a little bit of dish soap as well. And sometimes uh, Epsom salt can be used as well. Epsom salt is different to kitchen salt or cooking salt or any of those. And then you just spray it on your weeds. I like to use that on you know, a, a path that's got stones on it, for example. And that usually does the trick. The other thing is to get a boiling kettle and pour it on the weeds or simply pull them out of the ground. Those are your best, most eco-friendly options. But black salt itself I think is such a phenomenal, phenomenal thing to use. So some traditional ways it is used is by placing it uh, above the mantle of your doorway from the front and the back of your home as a form of protection. Now, when we think of salt in general, not only does it clear 
energy. Uh, we use it a lot in clearing magic, cleansing magic, uh, but it also is it's very absorbing. Black salt in particular will absorb negative energy. It will absorb, can be used for absorbing illness, can be used for banishment, that sort of thing. Personally, I use it a ton in protective style working, so I'll have it above on the architrave, on the top of the architrave on my doors. You can put it in protective magical spell charm bags, spell bottles. Every now and then when I'm doing specific kinds of workings, uh, it might be uh, one where I'm using a candle or whatever I'm using as the focal point for my working, I may use black salt as a circle on the table around the work itself. Now, if you don't have black salt and please do not get it confused with cooking black salt, which is kind of like a, uh, I don't, I don't know what it's actually made from, but the, the cooking version one I know is used in a lot of vegan recipes for that eggy sulfuric style taste. My husband's been trying to get it for years. This is not what we're talking about. <laughs> which is black salt is often a mixture of actual salt. And myself, I use incense ashes, or it might be charcoal ashes from previous spells and workings and things like that. Other people use herbs and other ingredients as well. You can buy it, you can make it yourself, totally up to you. But definitely don't use it on weeds or anywhere where it can get into the soil just because it can damage the basically the microbiome of the soil and prevent it from being able to grow things. You may have heard as well, and this is where people get confused, when people say the salt of the earth. So sometimes people, we call people like, oh, you are the salt of the earth, um, if they're like really reliable. <laughs> And it actually comes from the Bible, I'm pretty sure from uh, Matthew. And it's funny because the way we use it in the English language to say, oh, you're really reliable, is not actually how it's it's said. Uh, the actual verse says, yeah, yeah, the salt of the earth. But if the salt have, lo have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. So in at least in the Middle Ages, salt was used to poison the land as a punishment to landowners. Uh, we also see things like work, people who are worth their salt, and this just goes back to the fact that salt was often used as a currency. So whenever you hear salt of the earth, it does not mean to put salt on the earth. Please don't do that. I've even had um, wildflower seed packets been given out in tiny little, like mixed up with salt in tiny little bottles given out at weddings. And I was like, no, what are you doing? You're going to kill the soil. <sighs> But they were like, oh, it absorbs water. I was like, you don't need to do that. Just put rice in if you want to do that. I have gone off on a tangent. Bringing it back. Today's episode with Sam is really, really wonderful. I think one of my favorite things about this podcast is the variety of people I get to talk with and the variety of ways in which we see witchcraft being practiced throughout the world. Like, I'm, it's not just women that I'm talking to. It is not just men that I'm talking to. It is not just one specific type of person and it is not one specific type of practice and that's my favorite thing about this because I still see people asking I'm a man can I still be a witch I'm like yes absolutely it's a gender neutral term and people seeing it as this feminine thing and so having people like Sam who I mean, he's a blacksmith <laughs> comes across as very typical manly man, someone that would probably get along with my dad, and he's doing witchcraft, and I just love seeing that aspect of it. It's our less loud side, I think. So please enjoy this episode. 
In this episode, I'm chatting with Sam Thompson about metal magic. Sam is a pagan and primitive blacksmith, and the focal part of his work is the magical aspect of blacksmithing. He is the author of the book Metal Never Lies, an introduction to metal magic, and I can't wait to chat more about today's topic with him. He is joining us via Zoom all the way from North Carolina. Hey, Sam, welcome to the show. Well, it's good to be here. It's good to have you here. Thank you very much for joining me. And as I said before we started off, I'm going to start off by pulling a tarot card for you, if that's okay. And if so, would you like a specific question answered, general guidance? Is there anything you're wanting to know? No, not really. Not really? Perfect. No, All right, let's just yeah. pull a general card then. So um, yeah. for every one of my guests this season, I've been pulling a card and I always feel into, I guess, the vibes and what deck is calling to me. Do you read tarot yourself? Um, I do more Oracle. Mm-hmm. My beloved does more tarot work. Yep. It's just yep. not something that I, you know, because I work more with the Ohm and Oracle cards than I do anything else. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, it's still cardomancy, isn't it, right? Uh, but with this one, I felt called to use the Thoth tarot deck, which I don't get called to use often with others. Like it's a, for me, I use it personally. But it can be a little bit, um, if anyone's used it before, can have a little bit of a harshness to it. But oh, let's have a little look. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe yeah. it's picking up on something like, ah, oh, he, can, he can handle it. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's have a look what's coming up. All right. We have what would be the equivalent to, because the Thoth is a little bit different in the way that it works to a standard tarot reading. So I'm going to show you this one. It's the equivalent to the Eight of Cups. Interesting. And it has some similarities but not a lot in terms of the actual imagery. And there's a little word at the bottom that actually says indolence. Okay, so that's kind of a little bit of the theme, but there's a little bit more to it as well. So this card has a, a ruling of Pisces as well. So it's very watery energy. And you can see in that background, it's almost like it's a sunset. We can see this, there's like a little orange strip just above the water. Like mm-hmm. we've gone down to the water in the evening. The clouds look pretty heavy. It's a little bit of a heaviness in the card. Now, Traditionally, I often say that eights are cards of power, they're cards of progress, they're cards of movement, right? And we can see in this there is water pouring out of some of these cups, but not the other ones. So I'll show you what, again, if you're watching on YouTube, there are eight cups on the card with like a an ocean in the background, basically. Now, the cups at the top are all empty. The ones in the middle are overflowing into some of the ones at the bottom, and there's one at the bottom that doesn't have any in them. And you can almost see like a It's like a flower that's sort of pouring this water into it as well. So it's a really interesting card, but one of the words that comes out to it is a little bit of an imbalance, okay? And it's it's not very stable either. Like it's a little bit imbalanced, a little bit stable. It's like it's kind of working for now, but there's some areas in life at the moment that you may have been ignoring. The vibe that I'm getting with this card is there may be a... um, it's like the word grounding is coming through. Like there's there's not that, but but there is. It's almost a different form of grounding, right? I feel like um, potentially even in your, in your practice or your day-to-day life, you're like, yeah, I'm pretty grounded, pretty down to earth. I've got all this stuff. I spend time outdoors. Like I have all of that aspect, but there's like a section that's being ignored and it's not to do with your practice and it's maybe not to do with your work, but there's, there's something else uh, either 
sort of a, a section of a section of emotions. That's the word, like a section that you're kind of like, but that gets pushed aside. So there might be something there for you to look into a, a sure. little section that you may have been ignoring or pushing to the side that just needs to sort of be pulled back in, almost like reintegrated is the word. Gotcha. So have a little feel into that, have a little thinking okay. into that. These cards, as I say, um, it's it feels like a, a difficult or a heavy thing that might have been pushed aside and I'll just deal with that later. It's like this sweepy under the rug and this <laughs> is sort of a card to say, time to reintegrate and bring that back, even if it makes things feel like maybe that it feels like it's going to unground you. That's gotcha. coming through. It may feel like it'll tip you over a little bit. That's okay. We're allowed to do that sometimes, right? You're allowed to feel the, the heavier stuff sometimes as well. That's a part of life. So that's that card. All right. How are we feeling now? Okay. Bumpy start to the road. All right. So. We're going to be chatting metal magic today, obviously. Now, okay. I wanted to ask firstly, uh, would you class metal as an element in the same way that many witches class fire, earth, air, and water as elements? No, I think, you know, they are, um, if you look at the Eastern, from, from my viewpoint, you know, you look at what we consider the Far East, a lot of the Asian um, practices does have metal as one of their elements. Um, I personally don't see it as one. I see it um, as a practice mm -hmm. working as far as the magic of metal. I see it as a practice similar to working with some sort of divination cards or candle magic or not magic or, you know, it is, it's a, it is a practice. Mm -hmm. um, I think it, I, I see it as very much standalone. So there's not a, you know, you have to be of this tradition or this pathway in order to, to work with it. Um, I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, I'm thinking I'm speaking to my viewpoint. Yeah, I don't see it as an element, but I definitely see it as very much something that's um, animate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Would you if, consider if yourself, would you consider yourself an animist and therefore most things have yeah. you know, spirit, etc.? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yep. metal has a very oh. specific spirit, I guess. Uh, person, I like. I, I prefer personality because it just sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> they have their own personalities. Metal as a whole, or the individual types of metals. Um, as as a whole, um, I work primarily with four different four different metals. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a blacksmith, so it's what I do for a living. So it's something that that I I work with, but I'm, I mainly work with with iron, or um, I'll also call it steel. Um, the difference between iron and steel is about. 2% carbon. Mm -hmm. So it's really not a lot. Um, so iron, copper um, is a big part of my practice. Um, I do work with brass and bronze. So it's mainly just those four that I work with. I don't do anything with precious metals, silver, gold, anything like that. I, I don't I don't work with anything like that because you, know, you hear blacksmithing and everybody thinks it's all forged in fire with sharp, pointy, shiny things. And there's so much more to the art than, than that, you know? Um, yeah, I, I think someone, you know, making a, a sword for a knight to brandish. <laughs> Not a lot of use for that, you know? Um, <laughs> I, I, I guess there can be, right? Um, but I always kind of look at, you know, I, um, I see my work um, as a magical blacksmith is, is my work, speaking with a capital W, right? My work is providing tools for those so they can do their work. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of that, you know, supplier. That's not near as sexy as I want it to sound, but you, you kind of get the gist, right? Magical. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, most of my work now is commissioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have stuff that you can order on, on the web. I ship internationally. Um, I have shipped to, to Australia. So it's, you know, not out of the realm of possibilities, right? Um, but most of my work is commissioned work to where somebody wants a specific thing. Um, most of all, I don't make a lot of knives and swords and spear tips and that kind of stuff. I do make them, but that's such a very small percentage of what I make for, for people because mm-hmm. there's so much more to the magic of metal than, you know, I mean, you, you can get something like that and you put it up on the wall or you put it aside and you don't really, you, you bring, it's like the fine china, right? You only bring it out at the high holidays, yeah. you know, and, and to my, my thought is that type of metal magic is you should be it should be a part of your practice and something that you're doing all the time Mm, it's a tool yes Mm. very much so yeah and 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 a good definition is a tool you know because weapons can be tools and tools can be weapons right so it just kind of depends on your on how you're looking at you know so because it's like my favorite magical metal tool is a die Mm -hmm. no it's a divination die that i make that's my favorite tool. That's so cool. I've never seen metal divination dice. I have my own oh. dice that are divination ones, but they're... Um, they're I have these things everywhere because I just, I, I use them all the time. But there is a, there's a yes, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a circle and then there's a no, which is a circle and an X. Mm-hmm. You can see that showing up okay. And there's a blank side. So I do it for my own personal work because I don't, I don't want me to get in the way of my readings, yeah. right? Because I have enough um, big headiness, right? To where I don't want to, I don't want to interpret it wrong because then it kind of, you know, you're you're missing the point, right? So I use these to kind of check in, right? Am I understanding this correctly? Um, is that all? You know, do I need more? So I get a, 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 a an easy yes no or the blank side I use for rephrase the question, and it's really helped me ask better questions. That's like my that's my favorite tool. Yeah, you know, because I use it every day. What metal yeah. have you used to make that one? So this is steel. And would it have a different feel to it, do you think, if you used copper, for example? Probably. Yeah. Because the, the, the metals are so different. Mm-hmm. Energetically, um, how do they feel different? Like, what's your experience? Oh, yeah. No, it's night and day mm-hmm. um, to, to, to me. Uh, copper to me is, well, you know, that was like the, the, the first metal that, as humans, we kind of really kind of got involved with, right? Hits the copper age, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it, to me, it has a very warm, kind of easygoing, um, almost a, for me, kind of a grand grandparent kind of feel to it. You know, it has that wisdom. It's very gentle. Um, also, it's very healing um, as well. It's great for moving energy. Right, because chances are you're surrounded by it all day, every day, and you don't even know it. Mm. Right. I mean, that's the thing about metal magic is you you have access to it and you've just you've lost it through through our time period, right? Because you've got it running through your walls carrying electricity. Mm. You're literally surrounded by this stuff all day long. You get in a great big metal box, it's got about several thousand pounds of steel that you travel around in, mm-hmm. right? And you don't even see it. You know, I mean, if, if you took an inventory of the metal in your home, you'd probably be shocked at what you have. 
which is part of what my book is, is taking you through that process of building you a good foundation um, to, to where you can start working with metal on a, on a magical level. Yeah. Um, to me, it's very much um, relationship oriented, right? I'm really big in, into, you know, having a relationship, you know, and then to answer on your steel real quick, steel to me is very laser-like focused, right? I have one job. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm here to do one job. Uh, I do it very, very well, but I'm here to do one job. And it's, you know, there's a lot of strength in steel um, mundanely, right? Because, I mean, you think of it just running through all your skyscrapers. It's what holds the building together for the most part. Um, so there's a lot of strength with, with steel so protection, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so you said before, steel and iron you use interchangeably. Yeah. And, I, I mean, we see iron in a lot of magical lore around you know, protection and especially around things like the Fae and things like that using railroad, railroad spikes and all of that in protection magic mm -hmm. around the corners of the home through practices like hoodoo especially as well use that. So yeah. it, it has a long magical history. Well, I mean, if you think about it, because my, my tradition is more um, from, the, from Irish mm -hmm. mythology. Um, so that's what I know more about than I do any of the others. And, you know, you look back at the at the stories, at the lore, you know, and, and metal weapons, they were animate. You know, I mean, they danced around. They had, you know, they would speak, you know. Um, it's where uh, I think a lot of it came from, you know, it was so important in that culture. That's why you swore on your sword, because it was used as a guarantee, because your sword, sword was, would bear witness. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you didn't live right, your, you know, your sword, spear, whatever would fail you in battle when you needed it the most. You know, that was kind of how it kind of, you know, dealt justice, so to speak. Um, so I think, you know, I think they use steel and iron interchangeably, too, because mm -hmm. it doesn't take much to get two percent of carbon in iron to make steel. You know, because they mentioned the blue blades and tempering steel, even back as far as the, the Tanbo Cunha, which is the. Uh, the Irish epic, you know, the story of Cú Cullen. Um, so it's, it has a very long history. It's not just the Irish. The Norse had it for a while. The Greeks had it, Romans, Egyptians, at nauseum. You know, everybody's got some mythology associated with metal, which is great, I think. And personally with metal, I often say when I'm teaching anything like psychometry, which is basically when you hold an object and you read the energy of the object, uh -huh. metal holds on to energy more than anything else in my experience. Yes. That's why when I say, you know, practice with a piece of jewelry from somebody because it's going to be so much easier to read because it's like it has this memory that or, well, or we imprint on it somehow when we're, you know, wearing it or using it frequently. Would What do you well, think on that? Well, one of the things about metal magic from my perspective, okay, um, the thing that, that kind of caught me off guard as I was going down this journey. Um, still continued on with it, by the way. I'm not, I don't, I'm not done with it because <laughs> I'm still learning stuff, right? Um, but one of the things that really kind of made the dots connect for me more than anything else is that particularly working with these four metals is that I have, you have, we have as a human race, we have an intimate connection already to them they're not separate from us they are a part of us i mean 
we physically cannot live without iron yeah. in our body. It just you just can't can't it can't happen. It's the same stuff that where I live, there's a very high iron concentration in our dirt. Right. Um, we have to have special filters on our well water to filter out the extra iron, right? Because there's just so much of it for where we live. You know, but you know, you hear about people having iron poor anemia, right? Having being lack of iron. Um it, it's very important that you that you have that. And you get into copper, you have copper because your body needs copper in order to absorb the iron. Mm -hmm. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool. Now I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. So just, you know, <laughs> this isn't medical advice. <laughs> right. But you get into brass and and bronze and with brass, you've got zinc. Mm -hmm. Right. So around here, you know, you start to catch cold. First thing you do is take a bunch of zinc and knock it out. Right. You know, so it's extra, but you have that mineral already in you. And then, of course, you've got tin. You have trace materials of tin which is what makes up the bronze. So saying all that to say, when you were bringing up, it carries, holds on to that energy, that memory. I think so because it has that intimate connection, which is not something that's necessarily separate mm -hmm. from us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's related to us. It's a part, we have the same, we're, we're made up of the same stuff, right? Does that make sense? So that's, I, I, I totally get that, you know, because down at the Smithy, when I'll go down and work with metal, I, you know, I will always, okay, not always. I try to always ask who wants to be whatever it is I'm trying to make. Mm -hmm. you know, so I kind of get that buy-in of right relationship to begin with. You know, um, I, I, it, it astounds me in today's environment, everybody's talking about right relationship, right relationship, but they don't transfer that over into their all of their magical life. Right. Because if you want to talk about having a right relationship with your land, with people, with plants, whatever, I think you need to also include that into your magical paraphernalia. Mm -hmm. Right. So instead of taking out your thumb A and waving it around, doing what you're doing and wrapping it up and throwing it in a box for another couple of months, you know, getting back to that's a tool, but I don't know how magical that is. Mm -hmm. Right, because it, but you, you, I think at that point for me that would be reg re regulating it down to just the thing, right? It needs respect. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you can have respect for stuff like you got the fine china at Christmas and you know the holidays and stuff that you bring out the good stuff, you know, that everybody sees and eats. So you can have that, but it doesn't really doesn't really mean anything unless you really kind of put some time into it, you know. And I talk about that in the book about paying tribute you know, to your magical partner, because if you're using it as a tool to aid you in your magical practice, then you have a partnership. Yeah. I don't know. Am I just, am I rambling? I feel like no, I'm rambling. No, no. It's late at night here. So yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah. almost past my bedtime. I'm an old geezer. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I mean, that, you know, to answer that, yeah, very much so. I think, you know, I talk a lot about in the book about taking the time to, to feel your, your metal. Right. And and listen to the stories that it carries because it has stories. Mm. You know, the metal that I work with is all um, repurposed. Right. I call it upcycling. Yep. Right. So cycle all my stuff. And I'll get stuff like horseshoes, you know, but they're they're used. Right. So they're not like new I'm shiny box. They've still got the nails and stuff in them. that I got to get out. Um, you know, and I think of all the stories that that they have. You know, as I as I do that for work for other people to use those. Mm. So I definitely 
think that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I was going to ask whether you're reusing, you know, old metal into to new items because I think that can then, as you said, with a horseshoe, horseshoes also have a lot of associations with luck uh, and some with protection as well. So you can then incorporate that into whatever it wants to become and you get a really unique item every time you create something new, which is fantastic and sustainable as well. I think so. You know, I'm, I'm, it's, I, I pride myself on it. Um, you know, even go as far as I, even, I actually make my own charcoal. Mm-hmm. I don't use coal or propane or anything like that. I actually, the trees are in the woods given to me because it's already down somewhere else. So it's not like it's, you know, I'm not harvesting it, you know, using what's available. So I try to maintain all of that and being able to touch everything that happens within that smithy right I, it's that quality control you know that i've put the sweat equity into even making the charcoal that runs the forge that helps shape the work right so or or i'm a control freak one of the two i don't know <laughs> no it's, it's like a, <laughs> a layering of energy i would say it's more of a layering which is special and it's something that we don't have in most things that are made these days well i mean you can go get a doodad Right. That does what it is that you need, you know, or you can in my look way I look at it is you can get something that's that becomes a legacy item mm-hmm. for not that much more. Cause I know what they charge for that stuff made at in parts unknown versus what I made. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is gonna cost more, but you know, you'll be able to it's a legacy item, you know. I mean, your grandkids will be able to mm-hmm. use it. We used to live in a place in the south east of Australia, which is the cold spots. And we had this beautiful old homestead that had a working uh, blacksmith area. And they were teaching blacksmithing classes and it was very much they'd kept everything on that homestead as it was and it was you, know, you could walk through it and, and explore it and see how life was and everything. And we actually went there when we moved into the area because we had a fireplace. And we thought, let's go and get our tools for the fire, right, the little poker stick and the I don't know what they're called. I think the shovels and everything else. All of that, the little broom. And we had them make it for us. And yes, it was pricey and it's heavy. And we lived in that place for two years. And then we moved to Perth where it is super, super hot. And now we're in Queensland where it is also super, super hot. There are no fireplaces. We don't have a fireplace, but we've kept it because we're like, I'm not getting rid of that. It's special. Mm -hmm. We know the history, you know, we saw it made, like we've got it. And oh, it's it's fine on all the moves. It's not going to get dented or <laughs> banged up or anything. That is solid. <laughs> and it's beautiful. And who knows, we'll get a, a posting. My husband's in the, the military, so we'll probably get a posting somewhere that might be a bit colder. Maybe we get a fireplace and then we bring it out again. And it'll, as you said, it'll get probably passed down to the kids, depending on where they choose to live and who wants it and that sort of thing. But they're beautiful items that you get and they're very generally very solid and long-lasting which is good kind of point yeah (laughs) so you do uh, something called primitive blacksmithing so how would that differ what what does that mean to you all right so a lot of that is you know i kind of take it from my idea of what it would would have been many years ago right So, so that's that comes from from making the charcoal um i teach it uh the Smithcraft, both primitive blacksmithing and magical blacksmithing, too. I teach both of those here. But the primitive style is more, we literally will dig a hole in the ground and learn to smith 
right in the hole. Does um, it enough? Yeah. I mean, obviously it does because you do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, you can do pretty much anything but weld with it. Mm-hmm. Right? But you can, yeah, you can, for the base part, forge from it. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, that is out. We've been heating, moving metal since the copper age. You know, the thing is, we nothing's changed, really. You know, for the most part, I mean, you get it hot and hit it hard. I mean, that's, you know, we, we've kind of changed the way our hammers look. You know, we've changed the bigger hammers. You know, we've, you know, used propane or we've used coal. You know, some places are actually using electricity now, you know, the induction. Um, so there's a lot of different ways, but the, you still, at the end of the day, you still get it hot and you still hit it hard. So, yeah, it's it's fun because I like to look at it as a way to help continue the craft, you know, because everybody thinks about how expensive it is because it, it can be a craft that you spend a lot of money on. And don't get me wrong, you can spend a lot of money on it, but you don't need to. Mm. You know, especially if you're just learning out and, you know, what a better way of doing it than learn to make your own magical stuff. Yeah. You know, I got people come up here and spend the weekend within circle. We've got about nine acres here and we just have magic the whole weekend or we're making metal magical stuff, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they want to make. Yes, it's, it's, it'll take a lid off. So with <laughs> those sorts of things, when you're helping teach people or even when you're doing it yourself, is it? the fact that you're making a magical tool that makes it magical blacksmithing or is there more magic to it as well? Yes. Well, you know, I, I'm, I guess lack of a better word, I don't like definitions, but I think I'm probably much more of a chaos magician mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, I've been doing this for gosh, since the nineties. That kind of dates me a little bit. Um, and I've seen a lot of changes, you know, through the years. Um, being in leadership roles then and and kind of sort of now too. Um, and I, I don't I, I try not to get hung up on absolutes. Mm. You know, and I try not to get hung up on this is this is the way, you know, um, because this is the way has changed a lot over the 30 years that I've been doing this. Um, so it's the way now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to to leave that open, and, and I I think with the magic up for me, I do adding a lot of magic of myself of actually doing the work. Right, uh, first off, my smith I'm a priest of the Morgan, so my smith is dedicated to her. So I've got that kind of going on, you know. So there's kind of ho- hard to avoid that, and I got her shrine that I look at literally as I smith, you know. But set, setting the space, and I think. Intention means a lot, right? To me, intention has carries a lot more weight than a lot of than a lot of other stuff, right? I mean, you can have all the Chotskys in the world, you know, and you know, I have Newton wings of bats, and you can have all the right ingredients, but if you don't have the proper intention, it just it just is what it is. Mm. My thought, right? Um, so I think going into it, knowing that you're making something special unique for someone else so that they can do what it is that they need to do right whether it's they need protection whether they need you know um courage whether they need to kind of you know strength whether they need you know to mellow out (laughs) whether they you know all whatever it is that they're needing help with you know i think having the intent in the beginning working that into it from the beginning 
getting the metal to buy in. Hey, this is what I need to do. I need to make one of these. Who wants to be that? Mm. You know, the whole process to get to the finished result of now I have a I have a cool I have a cool piece. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that I think the magic of a lot of it is is the intent of actually doing the work. Yeah, it's you like know, and then blessing and dedicating it as you create. Yeah, and it you know I you know I become attached to it because I'm making it. Right. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm kind of a co-creator, um, you know, because I can do it to, to where the person that I'm creating for can be in that space. And we can share that time of them adding their intention into it as I'm doing it, no matter where they are. Right. And I think, you know, time's kind of flat sometimes. Right. Um, you know, so I think once again, it, it what's the object of the exercise? You know, if you want to make something that's, you know, has a lot of intention, has a lot of juice, what I like to call it, has a lot of juice out of the gate, then that's how you start out with, you know. Um, I think the foundation that you build, it's a lot easier to to build it correctly the first time than have to go back and redo it, right? My thought. <laughs> so I don't know if I answered your question or if I'm just kind of rumbling <laughs> off. I just, so were you raised in a magical household? Was is blacksmithing in your family? Where did it all come from? No, I, I, I'm uh, my family's Southern Baptist. Um, granddaddy was a Southern Baptist. It's just yeah, it's it's well, I'm, I'm you know we grew up way 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 back there where nobody you know um, our family trees didn't fork right, so it was just you know every it was a little bitty place out in the middle of, in the mountains out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And everybody was pretty much, you know, Baptist. You know, that's what you were. I didn't, you know, I didn't get into thinking about paganism or even having any idea that that's, that, that that was a thing, mm-hmm. right? Because it's way back before the internet, before you knew stuff. You know, you <laughs> like using encyclopedias and stuff to actually learn things. Um, you know, so I didn't even know there was there was such a thing uh, of it until you know till the 90s you know and then once i kind of picked up on it i was like hey that'd be kind of cool you know because i've always had that kind of you know king arthur you know the knights the medieval romance of all that period right um it would really suck to live there but it's you know looking at it from 2023 you know it doesn't seem too bad (laughs) christians are pretty magical too i agree (laughs) you know i mean i've met some folks that you know they got some juice behind them you know so i think you know i i I don't think pagans have the corner on the market with with magic you know and i've been been to new orleans i've been around there i've been to some folks that have that that can do some pretty cool stuff even in the the christian i mean i've had them talk fire out of it you know preachers talk fire out out of a barn and stuff so i just you know i think sometimes we get too hung up on I've seen people get too hung up on things, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, I know words mean stuff, but, you know, at the end of the day, what's the object of the exercise and what does that mean to you? Yeah, I've um, I've done a bit of content on how there are a lot of crossovers between especially evangelical-style Christianity or Pentecostal. Uh, yes, I was, I was raised Pentecostal, so I see a yeah. lot of similarities in the gifts of the Spirit. I spoke about it recently with the... Uh, Mortellus, who is also uh, dedicated to the Morrigan and in North Carolina. So you guys are kind of close by. Uh, They were on episode 35 and episode 5. 
And yeah, we talked as well about a lot of the crossovers in the words and the similarities that there are between the two. And the Bible is a very magical book as well, if you want yeah. to use it that way. But never say that to <laughs> Christian because they'll get upset. Yeah, they, don't, they use different words for it. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you just have to speak a different language with them, you know. But I think I just spend more time trying to figure out what it is that I'm doing and not worrying about what everybody else is doing. Mm. Do you, you think? Know? Because of where you've grown up in the like the Appalachian Mountains, I know you said Irish, your Irish heritage informs a lot of your practice, but do you think some of those folk tales like the Silver Bullet and things like that, have they informed your practice? Did you grow up hearing those sorts of stories about witches as well? Um, not anything that would just kind of make you go, hmm, right? You know, I mean, not really. I mean, you know, I mean, you growing up the way we did, I, I grew up close to um, in a town that had uh, one of the part of the Cherokee Nation uh, reservations there. So we had a lot of bleed over, you mm -hmm. know, into the first the first people's kind of stuff. I think sometimes I, I know for me, I get kind of, I used to get really hung up on some of that comparing and, and, and looking at I just don't focus that much up on it. Mm -hmm. One, I live up in the middle of nowhere, so I don't have a whole lot of contact unless it's, you know, pretty much, you know, like this. Yeah. You know, I get, you know, I, I go to literally go to town like twice a month, you know, and get groceries and come back. I just don't see anybody. I like it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm happy being a curmudgeon, you know, and a hermit. Uh, I, I kind of enjoy my hermit status, although that's not necessarily what I'm supposed to be doing, which is probably why I like doing it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, you know, but I think that, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of great things that we can take from that tradition because, you know, you know, none of us are as smart as all of us. Mm -hmm. right? So I think if you can. I, I, I think for me, my challenge in this life is to is, is to figure out what it is for me. Mm. You know, and I think a lot of times, you know, if you can take a lot of those little bits and pieces from your journey along the way that does work for you and make your own gig, you know, I don't see anything wrong with that because mm -hmm. if it works for you, it works. Yeah, you, definitely. You know, as long as your end result's the same, you know, I, I don't, I don't care, mm -hmm. you know, um, cause I'll tell people at Plash, you know, you can ask five different blacksmiths a question and you'll get about 27 different answers, <laughs> you know, and none of them are necessarily wrong. It's just, it's just a different way of doing something. You know, and I think, you know, if we spent more time focusing on the object of the exercise and less time worrying about everybody else, you know, we would actually kind of get something done, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that's just me. I don't know. I'm living in La La Land half the time anyway. Oh, it's good. And <laughs> with some of the things that you make, so you've obviously you show, showed the divination dice earlier. Do you make any other, I, I think I saw runes on your website? Are they uh, they're they're the own. Yes, I, I do. I do own. Um, I, I, there's not much I don't make. I do do make knives, daggers, spears. Uh, made a sword. You know, made knots. You mm -hmm. know, just pendants. But I make more probably more pendants than any, anything else because that's what people use. Mm -hmm. Like a talisman, amulet. Yeah, or, or an amulet kind of thing. You know, so I think that's you know our, our pocket notion, which is the thing kind of the same thing. Except you you can put it in your pocket. Or on a key ring or something like that. So that's a lot more of what I make than anything else. You know, incense hold. I mean, there's not, uh, there's really not anything I can't make. It's just mm -hmm. what I spend most of my time. Um, wands are real popular right now. Metal wands, which are really kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I'm a little prejudiced. 
you know, but, <laughs> you know, but there's, there's just so much to it. You know, I'm sitting here looking at my altar going, yeah, it's, I got all that stuff, but it's, you know, I'm a, I'm a little skewed because I have access to making all the stuff, you yeah. know, it's like if I need something, I'll just go make it. Do you have right? a, a favorite metal tool that you use? Other than the die would be my sword. Mm-hmm. I made a, I made a short sword and I made it with the thought of um, one, I didn't want to make it. A lot of stuff that that that, that gets done around here, I don't want to do. Um, I didn't want to write the book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't speak English. And I, writing English sucked, <laughs> you know, because it's a different language. It really is. It's like, you know, that's not how you say that. But anyway, but yeah, the, the, the sword by far, it's a, hold on a second, I'll grab it if you want to look at it. Yeah, definitely. So this is a piece that I made last year. And it was one of those things where, you know, she's like, I, I need a sword. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> that's how most of our conversations start out. I need you to do so-and-so. And I'm just like, no, you don't. <laughs> you know, I'm not the droid you're looking for. You know, that's that's how most of our conversations start. Um, but like I said, everything that I make is, is is repurposed. So everything with this is made out of repurposed material. Um, and it's not huge. It's more of a short sword, right? So this piece, the metal piece here at steel, was actually... Um, it was a tiller time. Uh, I don't know if you're making a garden, you've got the the machine that's got the, like these teeth, metal teeth that turn around that you use to plow up the dirt, mm-hmm. right? We call them tillers. I don't know what everybody else calls them. Yeah, you, you know? till the earth. I know the word till the earth, but yeah, tiller I probably wouldn't have recognized straight off, but. I yeah, so it's a, it's a thing that you use for gardening, right? To, to break up the dirt so you can plant. Right? Like a so circular rake? Kind Maybe of. that's it. Yeah. I don't you think say tomato, I say tomato, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, this is the what the tine, one of those pieces, mm-hmm. you know, because they come down and they they bend at a, at an angle, right? So I found this down in the woods um, because people around here, you know, they don't mind their manners. They just consider every every place their own private junkyard. But um, I also look at now it's my hardware store because I can run down and go get something that I need, right? Because that's actually where the one of the bolt holes, mm. right, where it was bolted on. So I left that on there. So I've got this one, and it's and it's tempered, so you can see the blue and mm. uh, metal, and it runs all the way along. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a copper handguard that was everything on this piece was jump, right? Um, there is a copper piece on this side that I've got the sword's name in on in, and on the other side is bronze. So I've got the copper age, the bronze age, and the iron age all in the palm of my hand. Mm, I like that. So I kind of like that, too. I thought that was cool. But I take this down when I do my forgings, my sacred forgings, because I use this to bear witness to my forging. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's that kind of checks and balances, mm. lack of a better word. I don't know if that makes sense or not. I always associate uh, swords with with truth and honesty. And- oh, okay. Uh, justice and all of that. So, like they they do they they um, oh, I don't know what the word is. They they help us to do things in our truth. And I like that you say bearing witness as well. It is it, it's like keeping you true, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's what it, that once again gets a gets a guarantee, mm. right? You know, because I use this sword and then there's a few other people that have used it at certain events for, for guarding and for um, ceremonial uses. But other than that, it doesn't go far from the smithy. 
Mm-hmm. That's, that's the only place it does go. That's not here. Yeah, because yeah. there's a story within the Irish mythology about um, around Samhain that all the warriors would come back and they would lay their swords on their laps as they boasted of their events for the year, right? I think boasting is a great word, personally. I love that word. You know, it's not really, you know, my grandmother said, it, you know, it, it ain't bragging if it's true, right? My dad always <laughs> said, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, so they would lay them on their, on their laps, right? So that if they overboasted, right, we'll say that, um, the sword would actually cut them. Mm. So that way they used the sword to kind of make sure that what the stories they were telling weren't too colorful, right? So <laughs> they stayed within, the, you know, the guidelines of whatever the Irish storytelling was at the time. Mm. But, yeah, so, it's, you know, I kind of get that idea. And then you've got other stories within the mythology of, you know, they they unsheathed the, the slain sword and clean it, give it tribute, and and the sword, you know, tells everything that had had been done by it, right? So the history of the sword, which I, you know, I get those image, Im- images in my head. I'm thinking, man, that's really, that's cool. I like that. It's powerful. You know, it's powerful. Yes. I mean, well, and once again, it's an extension of myself, mm. right? Because I literally, everything that's made up of this sword, I have within me personally. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's, you know, yeah, it's separate, but it's not, you know, and I think that's the the thing that I wanted to try to get out with the book is that one, anybody can do it. You don't need to be a blacksmith to work metal magic, right? Um, two, it's, it's vital that we get back to working with it, I think, because I think we've, since the Industrial Revolution, we've kind of cut that part of us off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a very valuable and vital part of our makeup that we need to re reintroduce into our our practice um it's not expensive you don't need to do anything different you don't need to go buy a bunch of stuff you don't even have to do any work with it mm-hmm. you know i think you just need to be open to working with it yeah. you know you, you know my thought is man how how much more invigorating how much more juicy can your practice be if you have allies mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know to me allies work much better than tools do mm. right you know so in and taking the time but i think a lot a lot of us me i'll speak to me uh, you know time time use that word as an excuse you know, to where I don't have time to build the relationship. Because I think that's the key, right? Is you got to build a relationship with your tool. So you got to spend time with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of that double-edged sword. But, you know, and I think that's what, I'm going to go down, the wrong, down a rabbit hole here. But it's kind of like, well, that's why our relationships suck so bad. Because we don't we don't invest time. Mm. You know, um, it ain't easy. You know, a magical practice is not easy. I, I don't maybe I'm doing it wrong, right? But for me, it ain't easy. It's a lot of it's a lot of friggin' work, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I would much rather roll over, hit snooze, and and and, and skip my morning check-ins. Um, she she wouldn't allow that to go on very long, <laughs> but you know. But that's part of the practice. Yeah, it's funny because I have seen. I mean, we've seen a lot of uh, shifting. I think in the recent years of people going back to you know, lost art forms or lost practices or things that, you know, even moving back to things like using um, 
what are they called? The cast iron cookware, right? Mm-hmm. Huge, pe- a huge lot of people going back to that, mainly because a lot of the other ones. I never left. PFAs. <laughs> I love a good cast iron pot or pan. Uh, but people used to think, you know, oh, no, 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 stuff will get stick to it or it's heavy or it's too much work to season. But once you do, then it's good. It's good for life. And, again, it's a it's a hand-me-down. And if anyone does any form of kitchen witchery, think about that as being, yes, an ally and a tool and something that you can work with. And if you're doing, you know, make, making, let's say, a magical healing soup, maybe because it's going to remember a little bit of that I think metal holds energy that it's going to you know next time you make it it's like oh sweet I got this I remember from last time let's boost it up a little bit more and every time you do it you're layering and you're building that relationship with that ally that tool that you're using so I think it can be super versatile even if someone might not want a sword or anything like that but they you know everyone most people cook (laughs) well I think I think swords are way overrated Mm-hmm. Really, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, everybody wants one because they're, you know, like they're shiny, sharp and pointy. But what what are you going to do with it? I mean, practic- practicality, yeah. right? I mean, you know, I mean, like I'm not walking through Walmart with this thing on my hip. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> it's just it's just not what you, you know, it's not part of my everyday carry. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I think, you know, your point is spot on. You know, I think most people don't know what they have. You know, even though you may not have cast iron and, you know, our cast iron has been passed down from my grandparents. Mm. You know, I've got a pan from my grandmother and my wife, my beloved, she has one from her granddaddy, mm. you know, that we use as part of our collection. And we have a stack of cast iron. It's just it, it's what we do. Right. Um, but I think definitely using the metal within that to create those nutritious, healthy, um, full of flavor. <laughs> flavor is important it also it, flavor meal right it imparts if you're using cast iron it imparts some iron into your food exactly yeah. which is, is it beneficial for us as well right so yeah unless you have too much iron which is not super common i do have a friend she she thought she had low iron her mum kept saying you're tired you're getting headaches you obviously got low iron take iron tablets so she started taking iron tablets and getting worse and then had a blood test and realized she was the opposite. She had too much iron, which is the same oh, symptoms. So she started yeah. donating blood every two weeks, I think, for a while. And, and then she got to a good baseline. So, you know, and, and like I said, I, I, I talk about ways to do this to where it's not expensive. You know, you don't need to spend a lot of money to do this crap. You don't have to go out and buy a bunch of, bunch of new gizmos. You just you can go down to your big box store and get you a box of washers and you're good to go. You coins. Know, washers, coins. Yeah, you know, you got I, we. Our penny is made out of copper. Mm. Used to be, it's not anymore. It used to be made out of solid copper, yeah. right? You know, but you've got there's there's metal everywhere. Um, if you literally took and just did an inventory, I mean, like I said, I talk about it in my book, and I break it down into several sections. Whereas you just inventory what you currently have, you'd be shocked at what you currently have. Yeah, but you, know, you don't even see it. You know, it's like you rearrange a room and all of a sudden you have all this new stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because you forget to see it. You know, you being in the military, you know, you, you're moving all the time. Yep. So you're all the time have brand new stuff all the time. You're like, oh, man, I forgot we had that. You, know, you <laughs> so go to both like, and realize you've got a box you forgot to unpack two years ago and you're like, oh, yeah, you go. 
I've been looking for this, <laughs> you know, or when did we get this? You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm really kind of on this mission to get people re-energized and re-engaged in, in working with the metal, because I think you're just, with it being a part of ourselves, it's just a way to kind of help us be a little bit more complete, mm-hmm. you know, and you're adding in, like I said, allies, you know, if you have that animus kind of point of view into your magical practice to help you with your work yeah. right um and it's it can be as as elaborate and it can be as simple as you want right you know i mean how magical is a key yes you know, that key is metal i mean you look at it and say okay well i'm going to use this to to lock up you know and to use it as a warding set my wards for my home when i leave because i'm locking my door with the key that's metal on metal right but you also use it to put it in the ignition if you have a car that does that these days, you know, to start your car to go somewhere. So it actually you can use metal to put things in motion. Mm-hmm. Right. So and unlock it, open doors and exactly. Unlock. You know, so there's a depending on what you what you want to do, you know, and I think sometimes I'm guilty of this. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about me. I get I want one thing to do a bunch of different stuff. And that's really not all, all, always for me the best way to go about that. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to have one thing that does one thing mm-hmm. and does it really well than to get something that does jack of all trades and doesn't really do any of them well, right? Because um, it's like the wards. I now I made wards for our home around the outside of our property, um, and that's all. That's what they do. You know, they don't, it's not a yes and. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, well, we also, you know, we hold party lights, too. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess they could, but, you know, those those don't. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, fair. So in your book, is it a lot of the getting people to realize, I guess, the value in the metal that they have already accessible to them, mm-hmm. how to work with it, and what different metals can bring to the table? Is that kind of? Yeah. I mainly talk about the four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I go through exercises. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call it action steps. Um, and there's a bunch of them throughout the book. Um, and if I personally think if you work them right and you and you do the steps that I've got and you and you read the book, it's not a thick book. You you hear me talk, so it ain't got a bunch of big words in it, right? <laughs> it's just not how I roll. But I definitely think if you if you do the work, it'll literally change your life, mm-hmm. and it'll change it for the better. You'll never be the same. Your magical practice will be completely different, I think, for the better. But I know my life before and my life after, and it has been completely, it's it's changed my practice a lot. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's um, Not so focused on outside stuff, right? I don't need to go to the crystal store, not knocking crystals, right? Um, you know, I, there's a lot of things I don't need, feel the need to do anymore where metal has become that substitute. Mm-hmm. Can anybody, in terms of, if someone you know, reads the book and they get really interested in metal magic and maybe they want to start learning blacksmithing, is it is it something anyone can do? Do you have to be particularly strong? Uh, no, no. Sort um, of what's the steps I, in? I wrote in the back a little bit and it's some tools to where you don't even actually have to do any blacksmithing, right? Because you can just literally just do them at home with tools you probably have in a toolbox, mm-hmm. you know, that you currently have. Nothing really unique but i mean 
most big cities around here have what they call these, um, they call them maker spaces to where there's like a, almost like a warehouse and they teach all these different vocational type things. It's like you can do learn woodworking and sewing and welding and just like all this kind of stuff. And I know, cause I teach at one and I teach blacksmith in there. So a lot of times you can just get into that. You know, I, I learned by trial, you know, uh, I took a class like what I teach and the rest of it's just been plinking, mm-hmm. right? You know, just seeing what happens, you know, how you learn, mm-hmm. you practice. And it's it's creative. I love that it's this magical creative outlet. For personally, I think um, intuition and creativity are pretty much the same energy. And so when you can utilize them both at the same time, I think it makes things extra magical. And that's just my opinion. Well, and it's it's been kind of fun. Not in a ha-ha way, but in, in it, things that make you a hmm kind of way um, is to watch the metal work. Because, mm. I mean, there, there are times I know I, I'm just showing up and paying attention. Right. And I'm not, you know, because I've, there's stuff I've walked out of that smithy. I'm going, how in the hell did I do that? <laughs> you know? There's, I can't remember who said it. Some famous sculptor, probably Michelangelo or something, said that they're not uh, sculpting an image onto the marble. They're, t- they're finding what's in the marble, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, no, I, I think I know what you're talking about now. And that's, that's totally it. Yeah, that's totally it. You know, cause I made a wand for this this person in in France actually, and we went and did crystal shopping together. <clears throat> Not together, but um, I would take pictures and send them. Do you want this one, whatever? And then during the for- actual forging of it, what I had in my mind was not at all what came out because I was starting to work on it, and literally it was like, no, not like that, like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you don't need to do that. And you need to do this. Um, and it turned out like uh, stunning, uh, you know, much better than what I had in my mind. You know, so hey, bonus, <laughs> you know, as, as it does sometimes. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I love it. It's such an interesting art form. And I think it's wonderful to bring magic into it as well. And something I haven't seen a lot of. So I think you've really found that little space that I think might appeal to a lot of people as well. Well, I think that's why I wrote the book. Um, well, like I said, it wasn't something I looked for um, because I started getting these things just from my work, right? Um, as I'm working, I'm thinking, gee, magic and metal, you know, that's kind of cool. I need to find someone that does this. I couldn't find anybody. And, you know, you can do metal magic search, you know, and you might get properties, you know, two or three things. And this is what steel is. And this is what mm-hmm. copper is. That's it. There's nothing more than a cheat sheet, yeah. right? Um, and I was like, man, that really kind of sucks. You know, and she's like, well, I guess you're writing a book. I was like, no, I'm not. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, and, and it was my hope to write it in a way that a people could understand it. Um, P people could get into doing the work and see the value in doing the work. Um, more than anything else. Cause I just, I, I just think it's important that people reconnect to that because it's it's all around us yeah literally yeah. you know we don't see it we don't pay attention to it because it's just something that we see all the time so we don't see it anymore mm-hmm. even when you said keys and then when I thought of coins I was like a bit, I didn't even think of those until they sort of popped up here so I think a lot of other people will have a bit of a aha moment as well when they look around them so it's yeah because I mean I take them through step by step you know, I'm not 
so much promoting the book. That's why I wrote the book, right? Um, step by step on how to start your foundation to work with the different magical pieces, what you have in your home currently and how they interact with each other, how you can interact with them. Um, and once again, this is all, you know, I don't have the corner on the market kind of thing. You know, this is just kind of what I've figured out, mm. you know, and how they come to me. And it, just because I say it's this way doesn't mean that's the way it is, mm. right? Because you may have a completely different interaction with steel than I do because your relationship may be different. Mm. You know, so you may see it as more of a warm, cuddly kind of metal, but that doesn't work with me. And that's okay. I'm, one's not wrong and one's not right. It's just we interpret things differently. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think we need to get more open into allowing people to interpret things that, as they need to. That's too much gatekeeping going on. And it's just, you know, chill out, snapperhead. Just you, you do the work and, and worry about what I'm doing later, you know. And with get off my lawn. <laughs> Sorry. So lastly, with with metals, uh, I am curious, do they do they all seem to work and play together nicely when, you know, you, you showed the sword, which had a, a mixture of them. Do they all seem to, because I have, for example, certain crystals when I use crystals that I probably wouldn't wear together because they just don't vibe together. Do you right. find them all with metals or do they all seem to fit together nicely? For the most part, I think they all work together pretty well. Well, I mean, you're looking at, you know, you've got steel, right, iron, and then the other three that I work with are basically cousins. Mm. Right. Because you got copper and then you've got copper and tin, right, which is bronze, and you got copper and zinc, which is brass. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of cousins, right? Um, so I think they all kind of play, even though they all do something completely different, I, I think. Um, I think for the most part, they they pretty play pretty well together. Um sorry. So is tin in copper or is copper in tin? No, no, you mix the two together, mm -hmm. and that's what makes bronze. Gotcha. Gotcha, it's an gotcha. alloy. So yeah. it's a it's a blend of two metals. So you've got copper and tin is bronze, and then you've got copper and zinc, which is brass. Gotcha. So it's so a okay. blend, it's an alloy. When, when uh, I was watching, I, I love watching Escape to the Country. Oh no, Escape to the Chateau. I like both, but Escape to the Chateau, I don't know if you've ever watched it. And he cooks with copper pans, yeah. pots and pans, and they had to get them um coated in in tin i believe in order to mm -hmm. to use them safely and so then for a second i was like wait a minute does that make something new but no it's they're separate there's one's coating the other um but again if someone has copper copper cookware they could utilize that in their magic as well yeah a lot of people i mean you look at <clears throat> i think um, the country india yeah. you know they have a lot of their thoughts of drinking from copper as a health benefit mm -hmm. which is true because it has a lot of minerals that you get from it that they currently don't get out of their soil. We get where I'm at, we get copper naturally through the vegetables and stuff that we eat, you know, that comes in naturally. So we don't need a copper supplement. Whereas I think where they are, they don't have that same type of soil. So therefore they use a lot of the copper to eat and drink out of to help. Yeah, that's a big part of Ayurveda using yeah. all the drinking yeah. vessels and things like that. When I when I traveled India, even things like having, you know, foot baths in big beautiful copper bowls and there were drink bottles made from copper and and it's a very beautiful metal as well when it's it's got the little the bumps in it, I guess is from the from hammering. Yeah. yeah. It, it's beautiful the the way it, it has that effect. So 
it's um, it has a blood feel to me at times you mm-hmm. know because it has a real low melting point but it's just that kind of slow ooze mm-hmm. right it's that kind of regeneration you know it's that kind of you know i always kind of looked at steel being the bones and copper being the blood of the earth it's kind of how i always kind of my mind you know equated those two have you got any like astrological correspondences that you use with the different metals or no no i can just i'm I'm not, not there's anything wrong with it i'm just i'm not there yeah, I, I as you were talking, I was just kind of feeling like steel would be probably the, the either the Saturn or the Capricorn sort of vibes that strengthen. Well, I think a lot of people vibes. equate it with Mars because of the warlikeness mm-hmm. of the steel. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, I am I am not the guy to be talking about with that kind. Of <laughs> I've got no idea. It'll be just I'm a neophyte with that stuff. I just. <laughs> not in my head. Not like well, I know what I'm talking about. If yeah. anyone knows, feel free to send a message or comment, and we'll we'll share if there are any correspondences with those because that would be really interesting to know. Because yeah, if you think about, you know, the old old way of doing Smith work was very elemental. Because you mm-hmm. had brought that up earlier, and I meant mm-hmm. to chime in. With it. But you've got the air of either your bellows or you know whatever you're using to blow air into the forge, right? You've got the earth of the forge itself. My my forge is literally a box of dirt, mm-hmm. literally. Um, back to the primitive thing, you know. I don't, you know, it's just I need to make it so it works. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got the fire of that, right? You've got your water of your quince tank. What's that? Right. Uh, where you dip the the hot metal in, you know, it goes to cool it off. Yep, yep. Yeah, you know, the cooling tank. They call it a quince tank, mm-hmm. right? So you got air, then you've got fire, and then you've got uh, the fire of the forge itself. You've got the earth. Mm-hmm. Of, of the forge and then you've got got the water and then you have the spirit of the smith mm-hmm. so you've got all five elements built in there to create one yeah and then if, if, if you think that way you mentioned as well earlier the the eastern philosophy so i know that in chinese philosophy and especially in chinese health and medicine um so they have they recognize as elements fire air earth water but also metal and wood which you were yeah. working with metal and then you'd have the wood for the fire for the charcoal mm-hmm. as well so you'd have all of those elements and the the interesting thing i think with that uh they call it i'm learning mandarin so i do know this um Ooh, you go yeah i know <laughs> not an easy language Wu xing um the tones are Wu xing so it's like five and then the Xing is, is meant to be like falling star. And some people say it means elements. Um, but they were actually named after the five. So all of their elements do have the correspondences to uh, Mercury, Venus, Saturn, Mars, and Jupiter, the, what they call the five main planets. And then when you're doing anything health-wise with Chinese medicine, and I'm not, this is not my specialty. This is just an interest I have <laughs> because I, I do use Chinese medicine for myself. Uh, I think there, there's often a balance of, of all of those depending on what issues are being presented. So they're always trying to balance them out. But it's really intriguing how they sort of bring elements in astrology and all of that together. I find it fascinating. And it's really cool to see that almost represented in your smithing practice, even potentially unconsciously as well, that there's all of those present in order to make the finished piece. I think it's really, it feels really yeah, balanced. When I, as I was doing studying for the for the book, the thing that I thought was really kind of cool was all the traditions being from all over the world were all real similar as it related to to, to metal magic. Mm. 
you know, which I thought was really kind of kind of cool. Yeah, there were some variances, right? And you've got some backgrounds and some things that don't quite, you know, match up perfect, but they were all very similar. Mm. You know, it's like even when you look at the the Japanese, you look at at some of the history with the with the samurai. You know, when they would vanquish someone, you know, the spirit was in their sword. Mm. You know, so they captured their, their, you know, so it was adding that energy, adding that thought process, adding you know that <clears throat> lack of a better word, you know, that mythology into it too. Yeah. Thought, wow, that's kind of really kind of cool because then you've got you know with the Irish, you've got the animate, you know. You with the North, a lot of the Norse traditions, you know, dealing with the dwarves that made, you know, I don't know a whole lot about the Norse tradition. So, um, but they all have some of these Samaria, Greece, mm. Egypt, they all have the same type of overlaying where up until the Industrial Revolution, being a blacksmith was kind of cool. Yeah, um, I think it's still cool, personally. Well, I, I still think it's cool too. But I mean, you know, it was, you know, the blacksmiths were, you know, they were the linchpin of society. It was crucial. You know, there wasn't anything in the town, village, city, whatever, that did not come to the blacksmith shop. He mm-hmm. literally touched everything. Well, the association with um, transport in terms of horses, horseshoes, horse carriages. Um, the wheels, making, you know, all the metal rims for the, mm-hmm. for the wagon reels. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, yeah, there's nothing in the town that I haven't found anything yet that the blacksmith wasn't involved some way, somehow. Mm-hmm. Nails. Yeah. Lots, lots. Yeah, there's. Lots of <laughs> this is a really random question, and it may not. Sure. I, I feel like you might not um, know it, but yeah, you cut it out if you don't like it. We'll go for there's it. a there's a book called The Wheel of Time. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, Robert Jordan. Yeah. Yes. Good, good. Um, because I'm rereading it as we speak. Are so you? It's my, yeah. Read um, it at night. Help me go I, to sleep. Um, I've read it all through once, and for anyone listening, it's like fourteen books and they're about a thousand pages each it's, it's an epic i think it took- I started in 1996 and it just i finished it up a few years yeah. ago yeah it took me two <laughs> years and i'm like a fast obsessive reader it took me two oh, years no. to get through them uh when i was when i was pregnant it was, that was my my escape and my husband started once i finished and that was four years ago and he's still reading <laughs> it's like book nine or ten i think um fantastic series fantastic series but that whole vibe when you said earlier and it just made me think of Perrin there's a a character Mm -hmm. in there Perrin and if anyone doesn't want to read the books there is a series on Amazon Prime that's out at the moment have you watched it yeah I think they've got the first book I think or something yeah they've kind of put the first book and they changed a few things but I understand understand. they're going to yeah you're gonna you can't I I mean the book's like that you gotta you know you you have six episodes that's more than that you cannot (laughs) get it all in there um but yeah, Perrin has this really interesting, he's a blacksmith and he has this really interesting, um, you know, back and forth about the fact that he's making, you know, weapons, but they're also tools, but it's this real sort of um, pulling this tension he has throughout the whole books uh, that what he's making then then harms and he doesn't want to harm anyone. And it's just this really interesting way because he's such a gentle character and he wants everything to be you know equal and and lovely and kind and I sort of get that vibe from you that very um I don't want to take too many resources I'm reusing you know it's it's a tool and we have this relationship with it and uh, I just saw that sort of relation I was like gosh I'm going to bring it up but if he hasn't read it he's going to no idea what I'm talking about (laughs) I appreciate that thank you and I I just think you know I I think our magical practice is worth it Mm -hmm. 
you know, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it. Yeah, you know, you, my thought is you, you either, you know, you, you make it or you pay to have it made. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, because there, we have within our community, speaking pagan umbrella, right? Mm -hmm. Really big umbrella. We have some phenomenal people in our community yep. um, that do some un, just real stuff, the level of talent that's, that's, you know, I know there's blacksmiths that, you know, I don't even hold a candle to. I've seen some of the work and said, whoa, you know, I'm, you know, <laughs> um, you know, cause it's just, it's just, it's, it's gorgeous work. Right. Um, but I think, you know, we spend so much time, I, you know, I've probably said this three or four times, collecting stuff. Mm. We need to quit being collectors and be users. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, you know, I, I want to see people get more more involved in, in, in the metal magic aspect, but I really bottom, I want to see more people doing work. Mm. Right. We would our world would be so much better off if we would just do work. Yeah. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about stuff, but we don't we're not judgment. We're not doing jack of it. I, yeah, I feel a little bit pulled out because I have there's two beautiful candles on my altar behind me, and I ha I've had them there for I think almost a year because they're so pretty. I don't want to burn them, but then I'm like I'm not using them. I use other ones, but I probably should. They're so they're just like a that's really nice. But as I had that thought, I was like, hey, they're in metal um, candle holders. How about I I might even do something with that even today. Do something. To almost even just welcome the energy of metal because I've not done that before, you know. Well, and it's been just you know, take my suggestion there, and I, there's I'm going to abbreviate the 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 you know. If you really want to dive down into it a little bit more, get the book right. But I'm going to abbreviate it. Um, it's an, an acronym called Flow F L O W. Okay, prior service. I love my acronyms. Right, it's the way I remember stuff. Yeah. Oh gosh, don't talk about feel. I feel like yeah. I have. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's got a got, you know, got an acronym, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the first one to F is is feel. It's just feel, take time, feel the metal. Go for a walk, go sit outside, go sit in a room somewhere without distractions and just feel the metal. Just see if it has a pulse. You know, see what it, you know, is it hot, is it cold? How does that change? Play with it, fondle it, you know, get to know it, you know, and then listen, right? Um, is there a story that needs to be told? Is there something that it wants to be involved in? You know, my grandmother said, you get, you catch a lot more flies with honey than you do vinegar, you know? So maybe this metal piece wants to actively be doing something and you're doing something else with it. Mm. You know, and it may be more more productive doing something else, right? A candle holder, right? You've got one that's just wants to be there for honoring the ancestors, right? For those, you know, for hailing the traveler. Yeah. You know, because I know people that have those. That's what they do. They like that when anytime somebody's crossing over, they like that candle holder. Mm. And that's its job. Um, but you know, and then you have one just mainly for 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 prayers or whatnot, right? But you take time and you're feeling it and you're listening to the stories and then you're going to be open getting to the tail end of that, that listen, being open to what it wants to do mm. or the work y'all have to do together. Right. Because it's a it's a relationship. Right. And relationships are they're good, healthy relationships are two way. 
Mm-hmm. Right. But you give as much, not necessarily you don't give as much as you take because that's 50 50. And I don't think it works like that all the time. Yeah. Sometimes it's 60 40, sometimes it's 80 20. Your marriage, you know that, right? Yeah. Relationships, you know, they, they, they have and flow, right? So the relationship is a relationship. I don't think that changes depending on whether it's a cat, dog, human, metal, whatever, right? So you're open to the work. And you have to do all those three things before you actually get to the W, which is do the work. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't you can't just walk to the center of the labyrinth and get the same benefit as you would walking the labyrinth. Mm. There's no shortcuts in this. You know that. <laughs> you know, learn lessons. You know, you can't order a spell something or other off online and have it do you think it's gonna do the work. That's not how that's not how it, it doesn't work that way. Mm. Um it'd be nice if it did. You know, if, you know, magic was like your Sears and Robot catalog, right? And you just go to Amazon and you order, you know, hey, I'm rich. You know, in three days when that shit shows up, I'm going to be rich as hell. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I'm on prime time shipping there. Yeah. I'm good. You know, it, it does not work that way, you know. Um, so if you'll start taking some of your, your items and start looking at that, you know, and and take some time with them, listen to them, be open to what they want. Um, be open to a little bit of craziness because it's going to feel a little awkward. Mm-hmm. I still feel awkward. I still feel crazy sometimes. Um, and you'll be surprised at what you come up with mm-hmm. and what it comes up with. And and intuition and creativity, I love that because they are so, they really are, they run together pretty close. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. now that you said I'm looking at it going, yeah, well, I mean, how creative can you be? Well, right? when I think of, creativity it's like where does it come from does it actually come from us or are we intuitively you know I know Australia Taylor writes on on the muses and you know other creative inspirations and perhaps it's coming you know that creativity is coming from something else and we're just a vessel right we're just picking it up and then the one that can make it turn into something and creativity of all kinds is a very liminal space and that mm-hmm. is very magical, right? I'm sure in between when you're making something, between it being, you know, unmade and being made, that is a liminal space, right? That is Most definitely. very, very thin places. You know, your smithy is probably a thin place where you can do some amazing magic. And I think and so. <laughs> same with, you know, the, the artist who is painting something or the writer who is writing something. I think creativity itself begets thin places and magic and intuition. So yeah, it's a wonderful thing. So where, where can people find you online? Where can people find you and buy your book as well? Um, get me at ravenskeepforge.com. Um, mm-hmm. And that's pretty much everything. It's Facebook, Ravens Keep Forge, Instagram, Ravens Keep Forge, YouTube, Ravens Keep Forge, Patreon. I got Patreon on there too. Awesome. Same thing. Um, yeah, pretty much it. It's it, it. It shouldn't be hard. Awesome. And um, your book is it's available on Amazon as well, and your website. Yeah, you can you can Kindle it if you're on the unlimited. I don't know how it works over there, but if you're on the unlimited, yeah, I think it's on there for you can read it for free if you're oh. a Kindle unlimited. But yes, metals ne- metal never lies. An introduction to metal magic. Oh, an introduction. Does that uh, is that a hint that there might be a deeper dive? God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I just show up and go, yes, ma'am. Yeah, um, most tell. part. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm I know I'm working on how to how to do metal work, mm. right? So how to 
to how to take a washer and what kind of mental magic can you do with a washer? Mm -hmm. so I want to do things that where people can do them. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's a good idea. You know, you don't have to have, once again, you don't have to have all the spiffy stuff. You you can, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with nice, cool stuff, but I don't think you need to have it in order for it to be effective. Yeah. Accessible magic is good magic. It's you know, like I mean, magic I'm, always worked, right? You, you use I'm Appalachian. You know, I mean, you're spitting some dirt and you're rolling, you know, and you got magic, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you may not want it, but you got it, you know. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Well, I'll pop all of those links in the description box for everyone to find below in this episode. Uh, and you guys always know for me, just suburbanwitchery.com to come to any of my virtual classes. Uh, sometimes I've got in-person ones sporadically as well. If you're not on my email list, that's where I will be promoting those. And you can also work with me one-on-one -on -one with a guidance call. So suburbanwitchery.com for those ones and ravenskeepforge.com uh, if you want to go yeah. with Sam as well. So thank you so much for your time, Sam, today. It's been Gosh. Thank you. I know our time has been kind of wonky with us being on opposite ends of the world, which I I'm think is really cool. I'm used to it. I'm used to it now, but just, it's, whatever. it's a tough yeah. one. <laughs> doing the, doing the, um, the two time zones can be rough, but thank you very much for staying up a little bit later than usual. To and I hope you get feeling better. Thank soon. you very much. I appreciate soon. that. I can't, I can't imagine, but yeah, I hope you get feeling better soon. Thanks for the invite. Um, anybody has any questions about anything, please don't hesitate. I'm easy to get in touch with. Just message me and I'll get to you as soon as I can. Um, I'll be glad to help. Thank you, Sam. I hope you have a lovely rest of your evening and we'll chat with you next time. Thanks. Bye. Wasn't that wonderful? As usual, all the links are in the description box below. And I did want to make a note as well. If you didn't know already, if you're not on my mailing list, I have a new website. I have redone my website. It was literally the biggest business expense I have ever undertaken, which was terrifying, but I wanted it done right. And it is so much more user-friendly now. It is easy to navigate. It feels like me. It looks good. So definitely check it out. The search function is working properly, which it didn't for like four years because I did it myself and I don't know what I did wrong. But now I've had a professional do it and it all looks amazing. You may have heard me say before as well that I am considering moving off Patreon. So I haven't really been promoting it as much. Like I'm still on there, guys. I get behind the scenes stuff, all this amazing stuff over on Patreon. But in saying that, I will be switching over to my website as my private membership area like where it goes through just because patreon takes like a couple of thousand dollars from me every year which is not great but if you want access to all of the amazing stuff that patreons get which is monthly readings with me on a group call behind the scenes uncut unedited podcast episodes and bloopers and access to my private facebook group where we have amazing discussion and connection all of those things are still up on Patreon. It's going to take a little while to get the private thing on my website underway. And there'll be plenty of notice for people to swap over. So if you're interested, I would love to see you over there. But until then, I will chat with you all next time.